Use your vocal cords. Okay, uh, I guess I am a special guest on this podcast. Yes, you are special. Stop saying you're not special. You are special. Incorrect. Well, basically, you know, you all know the seven people that watch this podcast know that he reads stories off of Reddit, so that's what I'm going to be doing too. And I am going to read a story called If There Are Strangers in My House Pretending to Be My Parents, parts one, two, and three. It was... And then I'm going to probably read a shorter one. Because you're a special guest. Stop. This, this story was written by username Re- Reba Baby <laughs> two days ago. Alright. Last night, my parents came into my room and I did not recognize them. They kept coming in, each time desperation more and more evident on their faces. They wanted very badly for me to accept them as my parents. They looked just like my parents. All features were identical, but it was, as a whole, it was just off. I'll, I'll get more into hell later. They kept coming in every, they kept coming in about every hour or so, and each time it seemed to progress into something worse than the time before. The first time they checked in on me, I didn't notice anything was Ari because they didn't open the door. They said, good night, honey, we love you, in unison outside of my door. Strange, yes. Unusual, yes. But nothing to get freaked out about, so I didn't think much of it. The next time, about an hour later, they opened the door, peeked their heads in, and opened the door without really stepping inside, and said in unison again, Good night, honey. We love you. I was uncomfortable, but again, nothing, still nothing to get freaked out about. They were maybe just extra adamant about saying good night to me. Cool. Everything was fine. I decided the best thing for me to do was turn off my light and go to sleep. I figured everything would be normal in the morning and that I had nothing to worry about. They were just having a weird night. Now, to really understand how how strange the next part was, I need to paint the picture. Set the scene, if you will. My room is on the right side of a long hallway. At the beginning of the hallway, there is a light switch which turns on the hallway light. So normally, I can tell someone is coming to my room because the light comes on and I can pretty much guess they'll make it to my door in a matter of seconds. It's not much preparation, but it's better than being completely blind, right? Now, the way my room is set up is also important. So like I said before, if you walk down to the end of the hallway and you turn right, you'll be facing my door. If you open my door, standing in my doorway, facing completely forward, you're looking at my bed. My bed is in the far right corner, which means I can see the door at all times, and anyone who opens the door will be looking, will always be looking directly at my bed. And walking straight into my room, the first thing you will run into is the edge of my bed. There's like five maybe six foot gap from my door and the edge of my bed where my feet lie. Remember this later. Okay, it had been an hour of lying in bed trying to fall asleep. My light is off and so is the light under my door from the hallway, but it was just more apparent, I guess. I noticed it turned on, so I waited. I sat up and stared underneath the door, trying to make out shadows from feet. I saw two pairs. I laid back down and pulled the blankets over me thinking if I pretend to be asleep, they wouldn't come in. I heard the doorknob kind of twist, and so I turned over and sat up, waiting to see what they wanted. This time the door was wide open, and they took a step inside. The hallway light was still on, and that meant the area behind them was lit up, creating a stark contrast. I could only really make up their silhouettes. The shape of their bodies seemed off. My father was now heavy set in all the wrong places, and my mother 
famously has terrible posture, standing straighter than I'd ever seen her stand before. In unison, for the ter- third time, they said, Good night, honey. We love you. I couldn't immediately tell their voices were off because my very tired brain first attributed it to the fact that they were speaking in sync, but something was definitely different. As fast as they came in, even sooner they were gone. Not even waiting for my response, they both spun on their heels and left my room. I decided if they came in again, I was going to turn on a light. Something about this had started to be very disconcerting about me, and I wasn't going to sit in the dark anymore. I decided I'd wait. Every time they came in, it had been an hour or so apart, so I figured out I figured if they hadn't come in again in about an hour, maybe they had gone to bed, and I could too sleep. I sat in the dark, waiting to see that hallway light under my door, and after a little under an hour had passed, I did. I sat, I sat up, reaching for the switch on my bedside table so I'd be ready for when they came in this time. I turned it on and watched my door handle very silently and slowly twist. I kept watching as the door opened and I was met with people I did not recognize. These people were not my parents. They looked like them, but they were definitely not them. Small things were off. Things maybe someone who hadn't seen them every day like I had might not notice. Their bodies were misshapen. Small contortions that I found incredibly off-putting. My father, who normally stands tall, was now cowering and he looked heavy-set and misshapen in places. It was all wrong. He was wrong. It was not him. My mother was standing up straighter than I'd ever seen her stand before. Her hair was redder than it actually was, and the lines and facial features seemed to be slightly off, like someone traced them into just barely the wrong spot. But none of it compared to by far the worst difference, the way they were looking at me. The normal looks of admiration and love were replaced with something that looked very close to desperation. Fear. It seemed to burn into my head, and when that fire dissipated, it left me with uncomfort. I could tell they were about to speak, so I sat there, frozen, waiting. Their facial, their facial features started to form what I think was supposed to be a smile, but looked, but it just really looked like a wild animal baring their teeth. Paired with the desperate, now very bloodshot eyes, it made my stomach do backflips. I immediately felt sick as their smiles grew. I watched their necks curve to nearly a 90 degree angle before they said, that smile never leaving. Good night, honey. We love you. After that, they turned again on their heels, not bothering to wait for a response from me, and left. That was the last time they came into my room last night, and honestly, I'm terrified to go back to sleep tonight. This morning, my parents looked like my parents again. They didn't look like the people in my room last night, and when I asked them about it, they said they never visited and blew me off, saying I must have had a bad dream. That was part one. This is part two. Posted one day after part one. Good morning, everyone. I was hoping that I would update you guys saying something along the lines of, yeah, I'm not sure what happened last night, but I guess it was perfectly normal. This isn't the case. In fact, this could not be further from the case. Let's all start, let's start at all the events that led to last night. It's important you have the full picture so you're able to resonate with what happened. And maybe you can make some sense out of it because I'm still struggling to comprehend what happened last night. I thought it was only a bad dream. I left it alone. Part of me really hoped that it had just been a bad dream. Anything to give me some sort of explanation for the terrible events that took place. The day continued as follows. My father left for work as he always did, and my mother and I spent the day together. 
It was a completely normal day, even a great one. So great that I had even started to forget about what happened the night prior. I tucked it away and locked it at, in the box at the back of my head, hoping that's where it would reside forever, and I never had to be confronted again with it. It did not work. As the day came to the end, my fear deepened and I was incredibly apprehensive about how I'm having to accidentally sleep or eventually sleep at night. I in no way wanted anything remotely similar to a repeat of what occurred the night before. I watched the hours pass by. With each one I grew more tense until it was eventually too late and I was exhausted so going to sleep was unavoidable. Taking my time, I did my usual getting ready for bed things. Peeing, brushing my teeth, washing my face, taking a shower, etc. I approached my parents with caution and suspicion when they said goodnight, fearful of hearing a phrase I heard several times the night before. They responded normally with the casual goodnights and I love you, but not in unison, and they still looked and sounded completely normal. I felt, I felt a wave of relief watch over me. I had fooled myself into thinking things would be normal that night. I was wrong. I got into bed and I had been tossing and turning for what felt like an eternity. I kept sitting up and lurking underneath the door for a hallway light or for shadowed feet, just really anxiously keeping my eye out for any activity in the hall. After probably hours of this, exhausted, I eventually succumbed to my body's needs and at some point knocked out. I'm unsure of how much time had passed, but when I woke up, I felt strange. It felt as I was being watched. I suddenly could feel a large presence. It was like I was shrinking underneath it, like it was filling the room, and I was becoming smaller and smaller below it. The air felt thick, and I couldn't, I just couldn't shake the feeling that there were eyes on me. Having fallen asleep, it had been a while since I thought, or <laughs> it had been a while that I thought to check the light underneath the door. Even though there hadn't been any activity as of yet, I could still not shake the feeling that something was wrong. Something was present. I sat up in my bed to finally check the door, and to my, to my surprise, the whole, light, the whole light was on. But it looked weird. The view of the light at the crack at the bottom of the door was obscured. Parts of it were blocked as if something was in front of the door. In the inside of my room, not something outside. In front of the door. It took my eyes a minute to adjust, having just woken up, but I realized I was looking at the shadows of what I thought were two pairs of legs, and they were what was blocking the parts of light underneath the door. I froze. Something was in my room. They were in my room. With a very shaky hand, I fumbled for the light switch on the lamp next to my bed. I desperately was trying to listen for any noises like breathing, and didn't, but I really wasn't able to hear anything over the sound of my heart pounding as it sped up and my breathing getting more and more irregular. Heck. I turned on the switch and my stomach dropped. The first thing that struck me was confusion. I was looking directly at their faces, only inches from mine. As I'd sat up in the bed, I shivered as realizing the entire time I was sitting up and staring at the door, trying to make sense of what I was seeing, they were staring right back at me looming over me, only inches away. I had no idea how they were achieving this, but because I could feet, see their feet firmly planted, so at least two feet from the edge of my bed, yet their heads only inches from my face. That meant they had, had to be bent completely over and then somehow contort their bodies to make up the difference. I remember trying to, sleep, to scream, but 
Instead, I just stared, frozen like an idiot. It was like I was looking at their faces underneath a magnifying glass. Every pore, blemish, and hair too visible. Details I didn't notice the night before, now very obvious. I had no idea how long they'd been standing there leaning over me like that. They looked repulsive. It disturbed me, looking at them. I could feel myself shrinking underneath them. I wished that I'd disappeared completely, but instead I just sat there frozen, feeling smaller and smaller, and not knowing what to do. These people were not my parents. Their torsos seemed disfigured and stretched, like they tried with all their might to move past a certain point but weren't able to. With their feet, but their upper half was forced to compensate? Still leaning over me, I felt sick as I slowly took in the rest of their features. They must have beads of sweat coloring their faces, and their eyes were bulging and bloodshot. And once we maintained eye contact, they continued to bulge. So far, I began to be afraid of them popping out completely. They still looked angry, frustrated. They were leaning over me, glaring, until I noticed something flash behind their eyes, just for a second. Triumph. And then fear. It felt like they took pleasure in my very visceral reaction to seeing them. Like they'd been there waiting while I slept. Waiting for when I'd finally wake up and taking pleasure in the paralyzed state they had caused. I realized the part of my blanket directly underneath them was soaking wet, which meant they had been there, sweating above me, for at least a few hours, watching me sleep. I kept watching the corners of their mouth twist and contort, and then eventually just curl again into something that by definition should be a smile, but that just felt like baring teeth. I kept staring, unable to move or do really anything at all. When this happened the night before, I watched as their necks bent slowly into a 90 degree angle. This time it was different. It was immediate. Suddenly, right before my eyes, their heads seemed to snap over. Their smiles grew, and they said in unison, Good night, honey. We love you. And with that, hunched over, they left my room. I watched the light go back and off in the hallway and just sat there, shaken and in shock. I turned off my bedside lamp and became suddenly aware that I hadn't been breathing, and I deeply inhaled as I let myself lay back down. I felt drained, completely exhausted. Now I understood the discomfort I'd been experiencing. Something was present. They were present. God knows how long they'd been there before I noticed. I became queasy at the thought of how long I'd been in the dark, trying to sleep with them, just leaning over me, just a few inches above me, glaring at me hidden in the darkness of my room. My exhaustion began to creep up, creep up, but I didn't want to go back to sleep. I checked the time. It was 2.32 a.m. I decided that I would do my best to stay up for the next hour or so, and when they came back in, I'd be prepared. I had absolutely no idea what I was going to do in the event of that, but I knew that I wanted to be awake. At some point, though, despite my efforts, I'd fallen asleep. This time, it wasn't the feeling of being watched that woke me, but something was physically hitting my bed. I sprang up, forcing my eyes to open and focus, and focus, looking for the light in the hallway. It was on, but again, something was obscuring my view. This time, instead of what looked like legs, it was a shadow. Each time the shadow grew, it was accompanied by a slam into the edge of my bed. It would shrink as if it would back and away and then grow again, slamming into my bed. It seemed to be moving back and forth. I turned on the light quickly and jumped back, realizing it was them. The time that had passed since I last saw them, 
they seem to have deteriorated substantially, their skin looking less sweaty and more like it was melting completely. They seemed to have ages of patches of hair seemed to be missing from their scalps. I started to cry as I realized the reason their bed must have been moving is because they were running into it. They ran into it, backed up until their backs were against my door, and ran into it again, over and over. I could see what looked like bruising and discoloration on their chins when they were running into my bed frame. I watched, feeling sicker and seizure each time they connected with the edge of my bed, fearful they'd make it past whatever boundary. I had no idea how long they would have been at it. I was terrified. They were still wearing that smile as they sprinted over and over, running into my bed. They didn't look anything that resembled human anymore. They were not my parents. They could not be my parents. Drenched in sweat, they wore faces of determination and what it, I felt looked like hate. It seemed as if they weren't able to move past certain points, and so I sat frozen, not wanting to do anything to jeopardize what seemed like a small sliver of safety. Suddenly, they stopped, their backs to my door, and then they, arm in arm, instead of sprinting, walked over to my bed, still grinning, and said once again, for the final time, Good night, honey. We love you. I think I must have passed out from either from fear or shock, because I don't remember falling back to sleep. I don't remember watching them leave. The last thing I remember happening was a good night and then waking up to an empty room. I haven't greeted my parents yet this morning. I'm terrified they won't be my parents. I don't know what to do if they look like they did last night, or if they have bruises on their legs. I'll keep you guys updated after I gain enough courage to say hello and check. But for now, my strategy is isolation. Part 3. This is posted 8 hours ago today. And it is currently about 4 o'clock p.m. Mountain Time. Good morning, everyone. Let's take you through the events yesterday and last night. You might have missed a lot, but I'll catch you up. I stayed in my room most of the morning after the incident. This wasn't super out of the ordinary for me, as I do spend a lot of time in my room, but I was mainly just waiting to hear some normal-sounding sounds. I didn't want to be faced with my parents unless they were actually my parents, so I spent a lot of the time trying desperately to hear ordinary sounds. I did hear them, eventually. Lots of them. The normal hustle and bustle of my family waking up. The sounds of conversation and dishes being done, the day starting. I even at some point heard my mother humming as she went into the laundry room, but still, I didn't trust it. I convinced myself that my parents' normal behavior and exterior during the day was a farce, a trick to further the nightmare that happened at night. The normal parents during the day used kindness as their incentive for me to stay so the other ones at night have their time with me. I felt trapped, stuck in some kind of awful loop, so I didn't leave my room. Eventually, hours passing, but still being morning. I heard a knock on the door. I reluctantly said, yes? And my mother responded with a simple, are you okay? Repeated, yes, and roughly the same questioning tone I'd used the, vo- the first time. Then she opened the door, and I braced myself for not knowing who it was or what I was going to see. She looked normal. I looked her up and down multiple times, trying to just confirm that it was her. I'm pretty sure I even poked her shoulder, not being able to fully comprehend she was real and not who was in my room last night. I looked down and when I saw her legs were in completely fine condition, I broke down and 
hugged her. In between sobs and sharp breath, breaths, I and my mother's concern and questioning, searching for what was wrong and what happened and why on earth I was talking about, I finally managed to tell her about my night and more about the night before, and I was afraid I couldn't understand what was happening to me. She again fed me the same line about night terrors, or something of the like, and told me it, it wouldn't last forever. It was just a rough patch. I got frustrated, not knowing how to prove it to her, and then I remembered where my bed had been soaked last night. I ran over to the spot where, to where the spot had been, and pointed and told her there was the evidence. It absolutely could not have only been night terrors, and here is why. The, the disgusting people from last night had been leaning over my bed sweating profusely, and the puddle of it was still there. It hadn't dried yet. I could, I could see it. I could even feel it. It was still wet. It was painfully obvious, and that's why I got more and more frustrated when she said that not only she could not see it, but upon feeling it, it was dry. She didn't understand what I was talking about and why my ears felt so hot. I got more and more upset because I was looking right at it. The pedal was right there. I could feel the moisture. It was there. She still claimed to have no idea what I was talking about, so I eventually just gave up. I couldn't understand how I could see and feel something, and she was so adamant at it, about it not being there at all. The day continued on with the little incident. I ignored the worried looks that my mother gave me when she thought I wasn't go when I thought she wasn't looking. And things progressed as normal, or as normal as they could be. I had already made up my mind that I was going to prove it to her. I was going to get undeniable evidence, something she could not refute. Someday, something that would show her that these things were happening. I was not making them up. I spent the majority of the day reading and responding to your comments. Thank you guys for all the support and kind words, and decided to take you up on some of your advice. I knew first and foremost that one of the more pressing issues was gathering proof in the form of some kind of video or audio recording. I decided that I was going to get both. At bedtime, I was going to set up my phone to record a video, and I also purchased a cheap camera that I would keep on my person, so when there was another incident, I could, I could quickly snap some pictures of it. And she wouldn't be there to say, and she wouldn't be able to say that the photos had been doctored or I was making anything up. I'd have the proof, undeniable evidence. I'd show her the recording, she'd listen to their words, and I'd also have pictures. I'd started to feel less fearful, confident even. I was going to solve my problem tonight. I'd show my parents once they saw what had been happening. I would hope we would get help, we'd move out. Maybe we'd even get a priest or something to come and bless the house. I didn't care, I just needed them to believe me. The hours flew by and I was filled to the brim with apprehension. And all my confidence in my plan had been able to numb the fear a bit, but now it started to dawn on me what I was actually doing. I kept telling myself it was worth it, one more night of torment, and they'd believe me if we'd solve this. It would never happen again. Finally, the sun began to set, and it was time to set everything up. I decided I would sit where I normally would on my bed, seeing as that appeared to be the safest spot to stay in the past two incidents. I could keep the camera on me. I set my laptop up on the edge of the, my bed with the camera aimed at the door, and to the left of the door with a view of the entire bed is where I set up my phone, just like my computer. My phone would be recording both video and audio from two different angles. This couple of the photos I planned to take would be more than enough evidence, right? I quickly got ready for bed, completing my routine and saying goodnight to my parents. 
confirming they were still normal. They were still no bruising, no weird contorting bodies, no hair loss, no sweat, no motion of any kind. They didn't speak in unison. All of this was unsurprising because the past few times I said goodnight, they were normal too. I felt concrete in my belief that whatever had been visiting me at night was not the same parents I spent the day with, and were saying goodnight too. I got in my room, feeling pleased and seeing my setup, and tried to calm my nerves as I further prepared for the night ahead. I didn't want to get into bed, not wanting to fall asleep under my covers, but I did change into pajamas like I normally would before pressing record on all of my devices. I sat for what felt like a long time, just waiting for anything and everything. It's so conflicting to both want and fear an incident happening. I needed to know I wasn't losing it. I had to show them. I needed proof. And after proof, I needed help. Well, for a while, not really knowing what else to do, my phone and laptop both busy, I fiddled with the camera. I wasn't taking photos or anything, really just touching it and rolling it around in my hands to pass the time. And that's when I heard it. My doorknob rotated. I stiffened and directed all my attention to the door. Having a round doorknob, I couldn't tell if it was in the open position or not. Then I thought maybe I'd just been hearing things, and I questioned whether or not it was a noise I somehow made. After all, I had been fidgeting with the camera. Before I even had a chance to try and replicate the sound or confirm or deny my suspicions, my door flung open. This nom had been in the open position, which meant the time I sat here trying to figure out whether or not it was, something had been holding it there. And they both came, with vengeance, it seemed. The deterioration I saw last night had only seemed to get worse. They looked all distorted and twisted. There's hardly any hair on their heads now. The odd state of their limbs made their gait incredibly strange. They were hunched over, and their stride was more of a steady rotation than anything. With every step, their spines seemed to react and rotate as if attached to a spring. It jutted oddly side to side and in circles. I snapped the picture. They stopped moving. It felt like a mistake. Like if there were any rules, I just broke in one. Especially because that all too familiar anger stare seemed also joyous, full of glee. It was sinister, and I immediately wished for the anger again. Haze I could understand. Glee? Way more disturbing. Having already messed up and not having much more to lose, I snapped another picture. I wanted all the evidence I could get. I snapped another, then another, then another. Which each photo I watched and change. At first I thought they were just straight, straightening up, like their stance was somehow going back to something that resembled at least a bit normal. But with every, every click of the camera, I noticed they were growing. I mean in height, getting noticeably taller. And the taller they grew, the more sinister and sicker their stares made me feel. They looked so happy. It's like I was finally enabling them. Almost like they were mocking me. They took it another step, now practically leaning on my bed frame. Which, which, with each photo I got, the taller they got and the darker it felt. They no longer looked like anything that resembled a human person. Or everything, anything, resembling the things I'd been used to seeing. It was like whatever disguise they'd been wearing wasn't able to morph and change with the growth, so it fell off completely. I watched as it seemed to melt away, leaving a puddle of what looked like wax on the floor. They'd been wearing that skin like a glove, and I regretted seeing them out of it. I realized the only reason the smiles had been looking so large in the bearing teeth was because the smile extended way further than the skin should allow. I hadn't even been seeing all of it. Underneath all of the waxy skin, it was honestly a mess. 
it looks just about how you how you'd expect someone to look after losing all their skin. They look strangely raw. Like instead of melting, their skin would be harshly rub- rubbed off. You can make out individual ligaments and tendons and arteries and muscles and other things I hadn't been able to see before, like how the arms ended in the point where the hand bones should have been. In the back of my mind, I realized that I was doing it. As afraid and sick and awful as I felt, also I felt relief. I was getting proof. This meant something could not be argued. I had my evidence. I just had to wait this out. It felt like the second this had this thought had become concrete, they heard it. I watched as their heads lowered in unison and they focused their gaze on me. It had deepened. I saw loathing, disgust, hunger, and then fear. I didn't dare move. The air in the room grew thick, thick, hot. I could feel my cheeks starting to flush, and I began to feel dizzy, as if I was boiling from the inside out. I'd never felt anything like it in my entire life. Afraid of passing out, I snapped one more photo. Like the night before, I don't remember anything happening after that. I didn't watch them leave. All evidence they were here gone. I woke up to my camera next to me on my bed, and my laptop still positioned at the ed- edge of my bed, and my phone stole across the room, recording. At some point, they'd all died, have been running in the night, and I felt sick, excitement as I plugged them in and waited to, do- to get enough charge to see the footage. My laptop was done first, so I started watching the footage. For a while, nothing. Then the lens just staring at the door during that waiting period in the beginning. I wasn't discouraged, because I do remember waiting and fidgeting for a while, and before it started to happen, I kept watching it, and then it began. I had on video the doorknob rotating, then them busting in, the awful hair loss, and all all concussions visible. I even caught later the rage. I watched it all shaking as I relived the events from last night. I could barely stand it. I had to turn it off. I turned it off. I went to check my phone. Just like my laptop, the footage was all there. And in this footage, you can even see me, full of fear, snapping pictures and staring at terror of these awful creatures in my room. I had proof. Undeniable proof. It made me sick, but happy. I had captured all of it. All of it! I even had photos on my camera. I started to cry. This meant it was real. I absolutely could not have been dreaming. There was no hoping it was fake or something my brain had manufactured because here it was. Two different recordings and on film. I can't even begin to describe to you my mixed emotions, but I knew what I had to do. Exhausted, I got up, my laptop, phone, and camera all on hand, and I set them on the kitchen table. I told my mother I had something to show her, and I needed her to see it now. Right now. She reluctantly walked over, weary washing over her face, but obeyed. She sat down and I pressed play on both my phone and the laptop. I wanted her to see it from two different angles. I knew it would be impossible to argue that. I watched her waiting for her reaction as she saw what I saw last night. The doorknob turning. Nothing. No reaction. I thought, okay, maybe she hadn't seen it. That's fine. I watched the door burst open, but she was still sitting there, looking blank. Even with those awful things standing in view of the camera, still no reaction. She didn't say anything at all. She watched as if waiting for something to happen, and I could not understand because I was watching it. It was right there. All of it. I saw exactly what I'd seen in person. I had captured it. And she was acting like she couldn't see it. She looked at me blankly, and then her face seemed riddled with anxiety as I became more and more agitated. 
I showed her who the photos I'd taken. All from my feet away, you could clearly, clearly see I captured the horror of last night. All of their decay. It was completely obvious there. She asked me what she was supposed to be seeing. She asked why I would set my phone up, recording myself staring, acting so strangely, and then snapping pictures until I eventually fell asleep. I, I didn't know what to do. It was such a late hour, she didn't understand what I was freaking about, out about or what was so significant or crazy about the pictures of my door and ceiling. I felt sick. I ran to the restroom with her, leaving her with all the evidence and threw up and sobbed for probably more than an hour. I don't understand how she can't see what I'm seeing. I don't know what to do. She didn't see or feel the wet spot. She doesn't claim to see anything I captured on film. She only saw me sitting on my bed, acting strange and snapping photos. I don't understand, but I just, I just feel confused and awful. I'll try and up you guys, update you guys again, but I'm not really sure what I'll do tonight. I don't really even want to be here. Okay. So that was comments on that. You should, you should do podcasts. <laughs> no. Yes, you should. I'm not even good. That at was that. actually really good. I'm actually okay. I'm gonna show. I'm going to have you listen to that. Uh, um, when we're done. I actually that that took 32 minutes. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Right now we're at the 30. We're at the 33, 33 minute mark. All right. Do you? Um, I don't. I don't even know if. I don't even know if. Um, I even have time to do one more. I don't know. Do you want to do this one? Okay, okay, um, now, apparently, we're just doing another one, okay. Yeah, because you have to read it. Yeah, right, okay. And remember to say the username to give him credit. Yeah, okay, um, this was posted in, by, and the Reddit No Sleep thing again, um, it was posted by, um, Vizla188 five hours ago. If... If the number or 911 calls you, do not answer. I have no idea where to start. God dang it. Um, I guess I'll start by informing if 911 calls, don't you don't answer. Here is some background. I live in Wisconsin. My parents live in southern Illinois. My house is a neighborhood where the where the houses are somewhat spread apart. I'm a college student. At the garter at the guitar shop, about thirty minutes from my home. My um, the shop is open until eight p.m. and I usually go to grab dinner at a restaurant across the street from it. I own a revolver, and my car is a black sedan. This was this started three days ago. As I started, as I was driving home from work, after I stopped um, for dinner, when at approximately 8, 9.58, I noticed a police car with sirens going off. There were about five minutes, there were about five other cars near me, sorry, um, and the police car pulled over in a red SUV, which seemed odd since it wasn't speeding or anything but I couldn't but I didn't think much of it and I continued my drive home dang I suck at this shut up you don't 
Yes, I do. Just read the story, kid. Okay. That night, I heard a pounding on my door and somebody yelling, Police, open up! I thought to myself, Shit, am I about to get arrested? You, you, you... I'm gonna move this. Okay, I'm just gonna use just this. Read. Yes. The next morning, I watched the news on... When the door... When the door stopped, when I got to the door, the pounding stopped abruptly. I looked out the window and saw nothing. I called the I called the police and told them that somebody was impersonating police and pounding on my door at one in the morning. The police came but found nothing, no signs that anybody had been at my door. Now I am creeped the heck out, but I decided that it must be some idiot hacking with me. The next morning, I watched the news. It was a story about a body that was found near a red SUV. My mind immediately went back to the police car pulling over the red SU- the red car from the day before. I chalked it up to coincidence until it was revealed that the body was found right near I wor- where I worked. At this point, my blood ran cold when I remembered the police at pounding on my door. Even more terrifying, when I checked my phone in the morning, I had missed 30 calls from a random number and multiple voicemails. When I listened to them, they were all just static, except for the last one, which was still static, but I could hear a faint voice that kept repeating, pull over, it's the police, don't worry, it's safe. Then after repeating that sentence several times, whoever was talking broke into a disturbing maniacal laugh and then the sound cut cut out. I would be lying if I said I didn't almost faint right there. Obviously, I blocked the number. After the most intense drive to work, I thought my revolver in I though I had a revolver in case with me. I had a pretty uneventful day. However, on my way home from work, I began receiving calls every time I I checked it and blocked the number. But... Hang on, I lost where I am. Oh my god. God dang it, I suck. I'm sorry, I suck. Shut up, you don't. Yes, I do. But you're gay. So, yeah, I guess you do. We're gonna have a little chat. Please don't say that on my podcast. <laughs> okay. Please. Just there can be a bunch of people on my podcast that can be against that, and then and then they'll not come back. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Okay, we're back. Um. When I checked the number, my blood ran cold. It was nine one one. I decided to answer, and here's how the call went. Hello? The voice in the microphone. Pull over. What? Pull over. Alright, what the heck do you want with me? The caller hung up, and then, to my horror, a police car pulled up behind me. I'd like to say that he pulled out my, um, he pulled my revolver, and... Stop. (laughs) Wait, hold up one thing. Just so you know, uh, I'm gonna... I'm just gonna edit out my comments, okay? 
How? Oh, on, on your video? No, no, no. Just uh, like before you upload the podcast, because I don't. Okay. Unless you. Um. Okay. Whatever. Just also. Okay. For how long this is going? Uh, I'm it's definitely going to uh, probably have it animated by uh, February or so. Yeah, that'll be fine. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sad conversations. Okay. Um, I'd like to say that he pulled out my revolver and shot the, and he shot the hacker in the face, but instead I gunned it out, out of there as fast as I could. When I turned around, the car was gone. I parked it at Wendy's for a while, and. When I checked my phone, I had text from a random number that just said random words and phrases. I blocked that number and decided to call 911. Luckily, when I called, it wasn't the creepy voice, but the actual operator. When they came and asked me some questions... Okay, no, they came in and asked me some questions, but when I... Okay, but weren't really much of a help but suggested that I stay the night at a hotel instead of going home, and I agreed. When I checked in to the hotel, I used a fake name just to be safe, and I latched the door so that no one could come in. I also booked an Uber to drive me sa- to drive me several hours to see my parents. Since it was Friday, I had the weekend, so and also I don't have to work on Tuesday, until Tuesday. The night was uneventful, and I didn't get any calls or strange texts. On Saturday, I received a threatening text from a random number that I don't want to repeat, though nothing about lo- uh, nothing about lo- knowing my location was okay. So, um, so staying another night at the hotel, I didn't get much sleep. It is now Sunday, a Sunday morning, and. Uh, I am in my room packing up to check out to check out of the hotel. I will post any updates that happen tonight and I will also post voice voicemail on my profile. That sucked. I sucked. How long has this even been going? I don't know, man. Forty two minutes. You know that's not very professional. Alright, so I'm sorry. I need, to get for... better. I need to get better at this. Jesus. I'm sorry for making you wait about 45 minutes. <laughs> but yeah, we will leave the links to those stories on the video that I will be animating. It will probably come out sometime next year because I don't know if you all. It's know like this. 40 minutes. It's like uh, I don't know if you're like if you're like not checking the time. Well, no, but that's what I was gonna say. Takes a long time. <laughs> people do, who do this, people, people, people who do this for a living deserve more credit and respect. Exactly. Anyways, so yeah, it'll probably come out maybe next year, January or February. But I will, even though I'll be a, a bit old, I will leave those links to the stories. You're gonna be very old. Shush. You're gonna have white and hair. And even though he only read part one because part two and 
others part, were not part out. Two and possible part three is not is not out yet. I might um, I, will, I might do those in later episodes. I will also leave those in the description unless you want to read that. All right, sorry for making you wait. Goodbye.